Welcome to the I'm Still Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Whitlow. I've been reading and studying the Bible my entire life, but I still have a lot of questions, and I'm still learning what it means. Each episode, we will take a look at what the Bible has to say and what it means to us today. Today in episode 12, I'm talking about what we call the Great Commandment. When Jesus was asked which of the Ten Commandments was the most important, His answer was short, but it has major implications for us even today. I'm calling this episode, The Greatest Commandment of All. If you've been with me through all ten of the Ten Commandments, I want to say thank you. I've certainly enjoyed preparing these lessons, and I sincerely hope that you found some benefit from listening to them. But I know that it can be difficult, even after spending all this time, to remember Ten Commandments, let alone weigh all of your thoughts and actions against them to see where you stand in relation to them. Well, I have good news for you. Jesus has simplified them for us. In the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12, Jesus had an interaction with one of the religious leaders of his day. I'll begin reading at verse 28. One of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well, so he asked, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus replied, The most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. The teacher of religious law replied, Well said, teacher. You have spoken the truth by saying that there is only one God and no other. And I know it is important to love him with all my heart and all my understanding and all my strength, and to love my neighbor as myself. This is more important than to offer all of the burnt offerings and sacrifices required in the law. Realizing how much the man understood, Jesus said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. At the time that Jesus came to earth, the religious leaders were so fixated on serving God correctly that they had compiled hundreds of rules to enforce the keeping of the Ten Commandments. They made it so complicated that no one could even hope to stay clean in God's eyes. And it was into this world that Jesus came saying that He had come to bring salvation through His death and resurrection, and that future believers would worship not with sacrifices and ceremonies, but with a personal relationship with God through Jesus. Well, no surprise that this caused some consternation among those who were invested in doing things the old way. But the fellow who asked the question was able to see the wisdom in the answer that Jesus gave. If you remember, the first four commandments dealt with our relationship with God. Only one God, worship Him only, don't take His name lightly, and give Him one day a week. The remaining six commandments deal with our relationship with others. Mind your parents, don't kill, don't steal, don't commit adultery, don't lie about others, and don't obsess over the things that belong to someone else. 
Well, what Jesus said was most important really encompasses all ten of these. Let's look at how he does this. The statement, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, takes care of the first four commandments. If you love God with every part of your being, he will be your only God. You won't add him to your list of gods. You will be reverent before him, and you will give him quality time. It's similar to the commitment I made to my wife, Carol, when we were married. In our wedding ceremony, I promised to forsake all others and hold only to her. I essentially said that I promised to love her with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Those vows weren't just flowery language that sounds nice at a wedding. They were a promise for the rest of my life. That means that I don't have any side chicks. It means that I don't call her any disparaging names, either to her face or when I'm out with my buddies. It means that she is entitled to quality time with me, not just to do the things I want to do, but for me to participate in things that she wants to do. It means that everything that I have is hers. It means I'm available to open jars and to get things down from high shelves. It means that I owe it to her to be the same person in private that I am in public. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. I don't do those things because I'm afraid of violating our contract. I do them because I meant those vows, and my life reflects the reality of those vows. In the same way, if I profess to love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, my life should reflect the reality of that profession. I will give God's Word authority to direct my life. I will not allow anything to become more important to me than my desire to represent Jesus well through my life, my words, and my actions. And I will never speak of God in a flippant or disrespectful manner. And I will devote time each day to be with Him, praying and studying His Word. So there is a lot packed into this most important commandment. Now, when faced with a situation, and I wonder if I should be doing it, I only have to ask myself, does this look like I love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength? If it does, then I can go ahead. If it doesn't, then I'd better leave it alone. But Jesus didn't stop there with just loving God. He wants us to show our love for Him in the way that we treat those around us. And he said that doing this is just as important as the way we treat God. We don't see God, but we do see people. So we can theoretically love God, or at least the idea or the concept of God. But how we treat people is where the rubber meets the road. This is how we show our love of God. A couple of years ago, I met a young woman who was interested in attending the church where I serve. She wanted to come and get involved in ministry, but her social media profile showed her to be hateful, vindictive, and profane. She would go off on a profanity-laced tirade that would end with, You need Jesus! I doubt that she won many converts. It was hard to take her profession of love for God seriously because of her hateful attitude toward people. Jesus was very clear that when we treat people well, we are treating Him well. And when we treat people badly, we are treating Him badly. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus lays it out quite clearly. Let's see what He says, starting at verse 31. 
But when the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the angels with Him, then He will sit upon His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in His presence, and He will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at His right hand, and the goats at His left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry, and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger, and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked, and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison, and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth, when you refuse to help the least of these my brothers and sisters, you are refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. Now I would say that the way that we treat people is pretty important to Jesus. That everyone we interact with, however we treat them, we're treating Jesus. So let's look at this simple phrase, love your neighbor as yourself, and see what it means in light of the Ten Commandments. Love your neighbor as yourself means responding to people the same way that you want people to respond to you. If you love the Lord your God completely and treat people the way you want to be treated, then you don't have to remember the last six commandments because they will take care of themselves. When you treat others the way you want to, want them to treat you, you will naturally show respect to those in authority even when you don't agree with them. You'll never murder someone, you won't steal from them, you won't commit adultery because you wouldn't want someone to do that to you. You won't spread lies or malicious gossip because you know how much it hurts when someone does it to you. And you won't plot to take something that someone else has from them. So there is great genius in this short command that we now call the Great Commandment. In it is everything we need to show that we love God. Love God and love people. If you love God, you will love people. And when you love people, you show in a very real way that you love God. And that, my friend, is how you can live a truly ordered life.
Thank you for listening to Episode 12 of the I'm Still Learning Podcast. This marks the final episode of the An Ordered Life series. Next week, I begin a new series called, What Do You Mean By That? 